Back in here, live hour number four on a Wednesday. It's Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise, good to have you in as we take you up until 10 o'clock today. Darren Donick and Chase come your way one hour from now. Uh, the big finish, 9.45 this morning, Ian Air, Nashville SC CEO will join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. But the big story of the day, obviously, the news breaking late last night. Ian Rappaport tweeting out that the Titans are making a quarterback change. And it will be Ryan Tannehill this week against the Chargers. Uh, that is one of the stories we started the show with. We'll get back to it now. Mm. Uh, I think we were all expecting this uh, more likely than not. Now it, it is set in stone. And the question really is, did the Titans make the right decision? Does it matter? Can um, Tannehill salvage the season? I mean, <laughs> is, it, is it about, I don't know if it's truly about salvaging the season because the season is not completely lost. They're four and they're two and four. Um, you know, yes, they are zero and two within a division, one and five in the AFC. But they still have an opportunity, considering what everyone else is doing around the AFC. There's only one definite, and that's the New England Patriots at this point. Uh, everyone else is, you know, it's just a hodgepodge of teams, and who's going to jump out there? Um, Houston's been playing well. Indy had a bye last week, but they've been playing well. Jacksonville just made a trade with Jalen Ramsey. So how are they going to be after the trade? Um, so this 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 move by the Tennessee Titans, I think, was a must. Um, not to say that it was it's been all Marcus's fault because it hasn't, but it does start with the quarterback position, and you have to do something to try to to give a a jolt of energy um, to this team because they've been horrific on offense. The defense has been carrying them, um, you know, for the last six games, and the offense hadn't pulled their their weight. Um, so, you know, last week's game uh, was 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 the decision that the coaching staff had to make. Mike Vrabel had to make it. And now, whether Tannehill comes in and do the job better than the Marcus, we don't know. But I don't think. Uh, moving forward, the wins and the loss—they want to see how Tannehill, how, how Tannehill plays in a game, because if he's a reason why they're up or they're potentially winning, then they're satisfied with that. But they need someone that 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 is a definite leader on that team. They need someone that's going to be definite, a, a definite, decisive guy in the offense. And Marcus, you know. Maybe it's because he's been hit so many times or whatever the case may be. You know, he hadn't been decisive in what he wants to do as a quarterback, and they're just hoping that that can be yeah. Ryan Tannehill. Now, listen, I don't, I'm not saying who's the better quarterback. I'm just saying at this point in time, he probably gives them the best opportunity I, to win right now. Yeah, I think the Titans' plan to destroy as many quarterbacks as possible this year is on pace. <laughs> um, they're they're on target now. I think we had a caller yesterday or two days ago ask for Logan Woodside, the Logan Woodside <laughs> era to begin. I say let's try that one too. See if we can break that quarterback in the process. Can we break as well. Back? I mean, he's already broken. The Titans <laughs> broke him, but he was sort of broken in Georgia before he got kicked out of school and went to LSU. But whatever. Um, listen, I. Sure, let's try Tannehill. Let's see. I mean, the offensive line is atrocious, and until that's fixed, mm-hmm. they're not going to win games. So I know that sounds brutal and it sounds to the point, but that's the issue I have. Um, I don't think it's fair to evaluate Ryan Tannehill, frankly. If I'm going to sit here and say it's not fair to evaluate Marcus behind that offensive line with this offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. the way the team is currently constructed, I don't think it's fair to evaluate Ryan Tannehill, frankly. I don't want to come in on Monday morning and rip on Ryan Tannehill for, for not getting the ball out or throwing interceptions or 
Like, I want to walk in and say the offensive line did its job, it gave the quarterback time, and Derrick Henry was able to run the football, the defense played great, and they won a football game. That's what I want to say. But uh, what, what, in, what is it that we've seen? And it's not just this year. It's a bigger deal this year because they spent $44 million on a supposed, pro, a, a supposed fix in Roger Saffold, the third, Big Raj. Um, <laughs> and, and so it was supposed to be, but it hasn't. It's gotten worse. 29 sacks in six games is absurd. It's absurd to be giving up five sacks a game. That is ridiculous. And it's, Man, and it's just thinking about that five it sacks is, a game. Ir, it is irresponsible Man. to ask your quarterback to be successful in that it's situation. Quick, it's a quick path to retirement. It, no question. And But it's here's my bigger issue. It's not just this year. It was last year, too. It's why Marcus, you know, when... when Remember what was the game? Uh, what was the game where you where you had the little the stick and you had to reach in and grab the bones out of like the guy? And if you touch the uh, side, operation, it was like, operation. Eh, yeah, operation, like that was Marcus last year at the end of it. He's laying on a table. Eh. He's got broken <laughs> vertebrae, plantar fasciitis, busted lung, clavicle, whatever. He, his body was literally destroyed last year. I'm not sure he's ever recovered from the broken leg. Frankly, like at the end of the 2016 season. I, I mean, I know we led him to the playoffs the next year, but then they fired the coach. It just he is not the same player as he once was. Mm. I think that's fair to say. Uh, I think it's it's factually true that he wasn't a bust because he, he again the greatest single season increase in the history of the Titans from two wins to nine wins. We've gone through the resume a million times. Who gives you the best chance to win today? Maybe today it's Ryan Tannehill. Maybe next week it's Marcus again. We have no idea. I, I, I Behind that offensive line, I don't know how you give either quarterback a fair shake, to be honest. Titans fans, we will open up the phones again if you want to jump in and give your thoughts on the new uh, quarterback news. 615-737-1025, the number 737-1025. I think it's going to take multiple bad performances from Tannehill to go back to Marcus. That being said, I do think we're going to see Marcus again. But again, I think this is one of those things where two things can exist. We will see Marcus again at some point this year. But I do believe it's over for Marcus as a Tennessee Titan. The only way we see Marcus is if Ryan plays bad or he gets injured. Which are um, would, short, short, the short. What would you bet you know, on? Would you bet on both I those would, things happening? One of those two things happening? Or the field? Sorry, I'm I, taking one of those two things happening. I, he might end up getting. I pray for no injuries, but but the way that offensive line has been blocking, it's as, been bad. As Floyd um, Reese said, I believe yesterday, Ryan Tannehill didn't just drop out of the sky into this franchise, into this roster. There's nine years of film on this guy. He is what he is. I mean, just like Marcus, he is what he is. And now they're going to play behind bad offensive lines. I'm worried about his safety. To be honest with you, he's um, you know, he's if they can, what they're hoping with Ryan is that. You know, he does what Marcus didn't do. And it's, I'm not talking about the wins and the losses. Mm -hmm. It's about getting the ball to the guys, allowing them to make plays, be decisive, be quick, um, be poised in a pocket. Um, that's one thing I can say about Ryan. When I'm watching him, I don't, I don't wonder whether he sees a guy or not. I don't wonder whether is he going through his progressions or not. It just seems like he is. He's just had that. He has that, 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 that it thing about him. Not to say the it thing meaning he's the greatest quarterback. I'm saying that it thing about him that when you look at him in the pocket, it's like okay, he knows what he's doing now. Whether he delivers the ball to his receiver or the other guy is a different story. But it looks as if he's processing it and he doesn't have happy feet. Well, Marcus looked at times that he wasn't. He wasn't decisive. He wasn't pulling the trigger when he needed to, and he just seemed a little bit 
like he had I mean, happy feet. He, like, looks, uh, he looks broken. Uh, 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 I don't know. Let me throw it. Mentally, psychologically, physically, he looks broken. Um, he doesn't look like the same player that played in the Chiefs playoff game, that's for sure. Uh, or a lot of the games last year. Especially, look, dude threw for big-time yards on a Monday night against the Cowboys. He mm-hmm. was great against the Eagles. He was great against the Patriots. This guy played good football last season from time to time. Not every game. Uh, I just don't know if we know that about Ryan Tannehill yet. Like we, what we know about Ryan Tannehill is that he will release the football quicker than Marcus will. What we don't know is where the football's going to go and what's going to happen after that. Do, do, can you disguise a coverage and easily fool him? That's the mo on his career so far. So I, I think Nick, you've said this best. Well, at least we need to see it. Let's see what it looks like. Just give me visual confirmation just, here in Nashville that he right. stinks. <laughs> right. And again, that's not what I'm rooting for. I don't think that's any of us what we're rooting for. Uh, you guys listen to us because we we're going to tell you what we honestly think, and you know I I don't see how this solves the problem. I don't know how you solve the offensive line problem in week six of a season. I, I don't know how you do that. And maybe it's trying Dennis Kelly. Maybe it's trying moving Conklin. Maybe it's you know maybe you you, you check out the trade market just to see what's out there. Maybe you call up some scout team. I, I don't know what the answer is to fix the offensive line. Because I don't think any of this matters if the offensive line isn't addressed. Right now, your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Nashville SC take on Atlanta United 2 at First Tennessee Park on Saturday, October the 19th. That is this upcoming Saturday. Just be caller 5-615-737-1025. Caller 5-615-737-1025. You'll go see Nashville SC Atlanta United 2 this Saturday, October the 19th because... Well, Alabama plays Tennessee in college football, and you're probably not going to want to spend much time watching that. Last game of the regular season, if you win uh, and you get some help, you could win the Eastern Conference Championship. That's pretty cool, go. man. Nashville That's SC. Pretty cool. There you go. Uh, Ian Ayer, Nashville SC CEO, will join us in about 20 minutes. Your calls when we come back. Stay there. It is Morning Drive, ESPN, 102.5 The Game. AFC South wheeling and dealing with news last night. Tennessee Titans announcing that Ryan Tannehill will be the starting quarterback moving forward for your Titans. And then also the Jaguars said, you know what, Jalen Ramsey, you're getting your wish. We're going to ship you off to the Los Angeles Rams. We're going to get a 2020 first-rounder, a 2021 first-rounder, and a future fourth-round pick for your services. So the Rams get a corner after sending Aqib Tlaib to IR and Marcus Peters to Baltimore. Here's a question for you guys, and we have not talked about this, because we obviously have a large conversation about what's going to happen with the Titans quarterback situation at the end of the year, which is very different than the conversation we're having about who, sh- who should play today, right, or tomorrow or next week. It's very different. The, J- the Jags are in a very unique situation right now, too. They've got a cult of personality hero who's taken over for them at quarterback who's mm-hmm. maybe not as good as everybody thought. He's fun. Uncle Rico's good, but he's not great. Sort of like Marcus. Uh, Nick Foles, in my opinion, is okay. I don't think he's great or worth $22 million a year, but they've given him a huge contract. And now they have a bunch of extra first and second round draft picks. What do the Jags do with their quarterback? Are they just going to sit with Nick Foles and ride with Nick Foles? Do you ride with Gardner Minshew? Do you draft somebody? Like, you don't need any defensive help, really, other than maybe in the secondary. You can rebuild your offense with these draft picks now, right? You, you know what's funny is how things change over the course of eight to ten weeks. Back in August, we were saying, hey, the AFC South, look now, you got Nick Foles, he's a Super Bowl champion. You know, he's. Probably overpaid, but he does have some skins on the wall. Sure. You know, Marcus and Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck. Now, all of a sudden, Marcus Tannehill, we've got nobody here. Uh, Minshew is slowing down. Foles has his limitations. Well, there's three backup quarterbacks right now. Ja- and- Jacoby Brissett, yeah, you say what you want about him. He's solid. Right now, other than the Texans with Deshaun Watson, who's playing at an MVP level, 
Three teams could be looking for quarterbacks long term. And there's a reason the Texans are probably going to win the division right now. Yeah. Is because their quarterback is an elite player, which we have all agreed throughout all the conversations that three of us have ever had. No one has ever argued that Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson weren't better than everybody else mm-hmm. in the division, right? Now, Andrew Luck's gone. I've been on Deshaun Watson Island from the beginning, and I think you can get confused on defending a player, Marcus Mariota, and thinking someone's elite, Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. They're very different. Deshaun Watson is an elite player. He, 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 he makes everyone around him better, and it looks like the Laramie Tunsil move is paying off finally mm-hmm. for the Texans. And if it continues to pay off, I don't know why anyone thinks the Texans – like, who else is going to win the division? Um, like, right I, and I now. like the Colts. I like them. But um, Colts still have a shot, certainly. Yes. But the Texans are the Texans. Colts, I mean, Colts have a shot. And, you know, I don't think Indianapolis – uh, will be looking for quarterback in the offseason. I really don't think they will. Well, they gave him a two-year yeah, deal, right? Yeah, they gave him a two-year deal. I don't think million. they will be. I think they are happy with what Jacoby Brissett is for them um, because, you know, them they're going to finish. Uh, they're going to end up going to the playoffs, I believe, which means they're going to be picking at the end of the first round. I don't think they're going to waste their capital. I think they're going to waste their capital. Not waste, but use their capital on more players offensively, skilled players, wide receivers, because um, they need, besides T.Y. Hilton, I mean, Campbell was, he seems like he's going to be a good young receiver. Um, Funches, what has he been? Uh, not much. So I think they're going to use their capital getting skilled guys, uh, preferably a wide receiver, and then more secondary guys. I think they are, I think they're okay at least for another year or two with Jacoby um, Brissett. So Houston and, and, and Indy, I don't think they're looking for quarterbacks in offseason. I don't think that Jacksonville will be looking for a quarterback because I think they, they figure one of the two guys, yeah, one of the two guys right. is the guy. Right. It's the Tennessee Titans that are going to be looking for a quarterback next season. All right, well, then let's dip the toe in this conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I still think that one of the two guys on the roster currently, if if at the right price, is still a potential option as a bridge deal to the next guy. I still think that's an option. I, I don't think you should eliminate either Marcus or Ryan on a cheap. If you are going to get a cheap deal for one or two years, a la Alex Smith and the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. So that you draft a guy and you go, "This is my guy." What I don't want to see is Teddy Bridgewater for twenty-two million dollars. The Teddy Bridgewater is not that much better than either Marcus or Ryan Tannehill. They're all just average NFL quarterbacks. If you're going to do this, you need to do it. And you need to go big for Patrick Mahomes. Because what you're shooting for is not good. You already have good. You need great. You need elite. And those guys are really hard to find. So, so I, I, would are, not, I would not... You're pick, saying go for it, meaning like you're already interested in the idea of trading up to get Tua? I, whatever you think that is as John Robinson. Because I don't think there's any way the Dolphins, in their current state, and their mode of we're going to suck out loud and not let anybody have any doubts about how bad we want to suck. Like, it would take the world, the earth, the sun, and all the solar system to get me off that first pick for Tua. What if their goal is, what if their their plan is like the Browns, though? What if their plan is to draft Chase Young first and get Trevor Lawrence the next year? What if that's the plan? Because that's what the Browns did. They took Miles Garrett mm-hmm. with the first pick, and they passed on, who, Trubisky, Watson, and Mahomes to get the number, and then they had the number one pick the next year, and they went with their guy, Baker Mayfield. So if that's the plan for the Dolphins, and they're 
they're targeting Trevor, which, again, if I'm the Titans, I would be targeting Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the NFL, everyone in the world should be targeting Trevor Lawrence. That guy is better than everybody else. So he's the one I would sell the farm to make sure I could acquire. But then how do you get yourself to the first pick in two years? I, I don't know how yeah. you do that. Well, you've got to have a quarterback in the meantime, right? So if you can get Tannehill or well, no. See, on the to, cheap. To get to the first pick in two years, you don't want to have a quarterback. Yeah, you yeah. want to have such ineptitude at the position, see, and I you want to blow up your franchise. You can't and, do that, though. But you see, got, you the got deal. a defense that's too good. Uh, look, at the, look at the Chiefs. This is, the Chiefs are the game plan. But you strip it down so void of talent, which would mean unloading contracts I, and players, that I don't think you, do that. you waltz into the first pick. I know. This is, this is why this is like a six-month conversation. Are we actually going to have a tanking conversation no, in I Tennessee at some point? I don't want to see it. They're too good and young and talented on defense. I don't want to see it. What I want to see is the Chiefs go the way the Chiefs went, which is you only have to get to the 12th pick in the draft to find the guy that you think is great. Deshaun Watson was 12. Patrick Mahomes, I think, was 10, I think, in that draft. What the Chiefs did is they were picking like 24th, and they moved up to the spot to get their guy. They had targeted Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid wanted Patrick Mahomes. He said, this is the guy, and they Mm -hmm. gave up whatever they needed to give up to go up whatever it was, 12, 15 spots, to get to number 10 to pick the guy they targeted as the future. So do your analysis. If you think Jake Fromm's that guy, which I don't, Mm -hmm. if you think Justin Herbert's that guy, which I don't, Find who your guy is and make a plan to you, acquire that, that guy, whether you, it's Trevor or Tua. You like Joe Burrow at 15th overall? I, I, don't, I love Joe Burrow's story. I like Joe Burrow the guy. I don't know if Joe Burrow is a definitive elite NFL quarterback. Well, you don't know until you draft him and figure I, it I out. Mean, the only know? one I know about is Trevor Lawrence. That's the one I, I feel unequivocally is going to be great. I even think there's, there's fair questions about Tua, and Tua's great. He's an awesome player, but there's there's questions about whether or not he holds the ball too long, the injuries, how easy is the offense for him. I mean, there's lots of questions. But you can't hold your your franchise hostage because you don't want to take the chance and say, okay, this is the quarterback that I'm choosing. You trust that the scouts that you're paying a lot of money to, that they evaluate these guys. And we know the evaluations could be right, but then end up being wrong at the end. Um, but you got to trust that these guys that you're paying a lot of money to, they evaluate these players and they bring it to you and they set it on your doorstep, I mean, on, on your yeah. desk. Yeah, you got to trust them. And you can't hold yourself um, hostage saying, man, I can't because, man, maybe. No, you just, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. And whatever quarterback you take, if indeed you do take a quarterback, you got to put things in place so this quarterback can succeed. Because, I mean, there's a fine line between a quarterback being that guy and succeeding or being or not being that guy and being a total failure. There's a fine line between the two. Yeah. Just had a thought. How about this one? This will get you in a really nice chipper mood. Oh god. The Houston Texans without a general manager <laughs> short up their offensive line in Laramie Tunsil. Oh god. We wow. have a general manager and he wrote a blank check for Big Raj. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. He wrote it for Big Rod and not Saffold. Yeah. <laughs> I just, that just dawned upon me. The third. Yes. Yeah, they, but well, they also gave it. What they give up? Two first round? They, they give up a first round was, pick was and a two? second round pick? They gave up a lot of draft equity. Now, they got Kenny Stills as well in the deal, but they gave up a lot of draft equity. In fact, I think we all were saying good job, Dolphins, when that trade was was made. Mm-hmm. But now now we're looking at the impact of a, of a stud left tackle on Deshaun Watson. We're going, oh, now oh. I see what he's capable of when he's oh. standing vertical. When yeah. he's not, when, he's, when he when he doesn't have to take a bus <laughs> from Houston to Jacksonville because they can't put him on a plane because his lung has been punctured. Oh, 
Oh. Oh, there you are, Deshaun. Hey, Deshaun. How are you? Y'all come join me on the island anytime you want. All right. Big finish in 20 minutes. Up next, we will talk with the CEO of Nashville SC. Mr. Ian Ayer joins us coming up next on Morning Drive. Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5. The game, good to have you in here on a Wednesday. The big finish in about 15 minutes. Nick Braden, D-Mace Marquise with you. As we welcome in Ian Ayer, Nashville SC CEO. Ian, we appreciate a couple of minutes. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm good, and you? Doing good. Uh, so obviously your, your program right now, your team is in tremendous shape, and I know we're a year away from MLS and obviously what all that entails, but right now on the USL level, you've got to be very ecstatic with where your team is at currently. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, we're so high up the league, I almost have a nosebleed. It's, it's exciting, you know. It's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, looking at the team two years into this, we are, and, you know, finished in eighth, I think, for playoffs last year and, you know, currently sat second, the point behind the leaders. I mean, it's just an incredible achievement by Gary and Mike and the team. So very excited. So one point out, could win an Eastern Conference championship, and you always love silverware uh, at this time of year, no question, and you're guaranteed to host at least one playoff game at First Tennessee Park. Just, you know, Ian, try to take fans through that maybe aren't as soccer literate. Take them through the process of acquiring talent, what you guys have done over the last, you know, 8 to 12 months since you got here, how that's not only helped, you know, what the USL team is doing right now, but what, how you sort of mesh that with the future in MLS. Yeah, I think that's been the, the real, both opportunity and challenge. So, of course, we've been very focused on this year's USL season. Um, one of the early decisions we made last year when, in the off-season was to, to make our decision on who would be our coach, not only for this USL season, um, but also for the, for the MLS you know, season as, as we start next year. And choosing Gary and choosing Mike Jacobs as the GM, both who would then have continuity through both systems, was really crucial, I think. And I, I spoke a lot with our ownership about that decision. Um, I felt it gave us a real opportunity. And then starting to assemble a great roster for this year, spattered with you know, players, some players who are here, so players like Derek Jones and Daniel Rios and, and what have you, and then and then and Cameron Lancaster adding those this year to, who will come with us to MLS. But then in the same opportunity, scouting across the world, really, you know, for MLS. And then also looking at the talent we have in the rest of the, the squad here for USL and seeing, you know, genuinely considering all of those players with an opportunity to come to MLS. And I think Mike Jacobs our GM described it best when he said it's like American Idol for those guys for the season and right up to the few remaining games we have, they have a chance to show Gary and himself and their staff what, you know, what they're capable of. But we've so different to other U.S. sports because we're genuinely scouring the world for talent and it's, it's an incredible process. Now, Coach, um, you guys are in, uh, in uncharted waters right now, a very young franchise, but you will host your first playoff game. Uh, what does that mean, not just for the organization, but what you think it means for soccer fans here in Nashville? Yeah, I think it's, as you say, it's, it's unique, first one um, here in Nashville. Um, and I think, I hope what it does is, gives people a, you know, an opportunity to come and really feel the excitement that we're trying to build ahead of next year. We had a great event, a great game 
out at Nissan Stadium last Saturday night and we you know our supporters were you know crazy and having fun we had lots of stuff going on there and people starting to really get a sense of the fever and the atmosphere and all of those great things that go on around big games and and what what's bigger than a genuine playoff challenge and a chance to go win the cup here in you know win the conference and win the and win the cup in Nashville and and I think um, you know, if we can get the city of Nashville and all those fans out there to come along, then it will be fantastic. I know those people who've supported us already are hugely excited about the fans' chance of coming to a playoff game here at home, and we just love to attract as many people as we can to First Tennessee Park and, you know, and through the process, really, through the whole playoff system. Ian, how would you say that the team has evolved from last year at this time to this year? Because I, I feel like nowadays in sports, style matters, offense sells. We're dealing with a Tennessee Titans team right now that can't score points to save their life, yet they're really good defensively. The Nashville Predators have always been good defensively. Now all of a sudden they're a juggernaut offensively. What would you say the difference is from last year's club to this year and, and the style on the, fi- on, on, on the field? Well, I don't think we changed our style. I mean, one of the things, it's interesting, isn't it, that, that the Predators and the Titans are both kind of defensively-minded um, teams. And, you know, Gary Smith, our coach, is often referred to as a very defensive-minded coach. But uh, we like to think, and I know Gary likes to think, that what, what he actually does is puts together teams that are hard to beat. And we looked at last year where we defensively we were one of the best in the league, but struggled to score enough goals, really. So... In the off-season, I said two of the players we bought in, Daniel Daniel Rios, a uh, young Mexican player who came in from Chivas, Guadalajara, and Cameron Lancaster, who came into us. Cameron had been the top scorer in USL last year, and, and Daniel was the second top scorer. So, you know, we were very hopeful that what they would bring was more firepower and a more dynamic and exciting front-line uh, front offense. So, and that's worked. You know, Daniel's, I think he's, Still second in the league for goals. Cameron's had a few injuries, but in the games he's come in, he's made an impact and scored. So we've really added that different dimension. And I think getting that balance between offense and defense right is, is so important. You can be a team that's hard to beat, but you also need to go get goals. And, and we were very mindful of that, as we have been in the recruitment for MLS. So, so you know, trying to get the right balance in this squad is, is crucial. Uh, Ian, obviously, every uh, everybody in town that's a soccer fan and 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 is paying attention to what's happening down at the fairgrounds. Can you give everybody a sort of the Cliff Notes version of of an update on what's happening with the stadium, and then maybe how can fans get involved to sort of help the process along? Um, yeah, there's no. I mean, everything's you know ticking along as we expected it to be. Honest, I don't think we need um, you know nobody needs to. We can come buy season tickets. That'd be great. Um, but but we. In terms of the stadium, um, you know everything's going along as planned. Um, we should, com- you know, demolitions due to get underway imminently, and um, you know we'll we'll get into the new year and we'll start to break ground and all of those good things. And it's a couple of years away, but it's you know our program from design development, all of those things are all moving along. And there's a, you know, we're not party to a couple of the lawsuits that have been going on. They're really uh, not. You know, not something we're actually involved in, um, but we certainly haven't taken our foot off the gas in any form around the stadium, and we remain hugely committed to it, excited about it. 
Um, but really more as much focused on building that while we spend two years at Nissan Stadium. So, um, so, so nothing to get behind really other than the team. You know, we, we want to see City of Nashville come out, uh, get involved, come and support the team at Nissan and, you know, we'll get to, to the fairgrounds in 2022 and that'll be another big step change for the team and for soccer in Nashville. NashvilleSC.com is the website for season tickets. That's where you should go. Ian, we appreciate the visit. Thank you so much. Continued success down the stretch run here. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. You got it, Ian Air, Nashville SC CEO. I mean, listen, there's one game left in the regular season. They could win an Eastern Conference championship in their second year. They are spending a lot of resources on building a roster that could be competitive, not only instantly in the USL. They made the playoffs last year in their first year ever in existence. Now they're going to make the playoffs in 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 the second year. We'll host the game and could win the whole the whole stinking conference. Oh, by the way, while acquiring guys that are going to play next year on the MLS roster, the, the ownership group and the front office, J- Mike Jacobs, the technical director, everyone is doing a pretty darn good job of launching this product into the city, at least um, from an on the field standpoint, the stadium's a different subject. Like he said, there's stuff that they're not related with and involved with. And that certainly there's some snags, but they are working their way through that stuff. And, you know, in the next couple of years, you're going to have an MLS team to cheer for. It's pretty cool, man. Coming up next, we will wrap it up strong with a big finish here on Morning Drive. We've had a big show. And now it's time for a big finish on Morning Drive. Big finish time. We do it each and every day at 945 here on Morning Drive. And the big finish, Braden Gall, is brought to you by Nashville SC. Get your inaugural season tickets for the MLS season next year today. NashvilleSC.com. Get you some tickets, man. It's a good team. Go to the playoffs. Get you some. Playoffs. Get you NashvilleSC.com. Cop yourself some tickets, right? Cop them. Yeah. You want to be on fleet but that's, with the rest but that's, of them, but that's legal though, right? When you cop yeah. tickets, yeah, that's, yeah, legal? that's legal. That's okay. legal. Yeah. All right. I just All right. didn't. I don't know if that's illegal or not. Yeah. Legal to cop tickets. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Meaning cool. buy. So why do you have to? Why do you have to come up with a cooler word than just buy tickets? You got to cop them tickets. Yeah, you gotta, I like that. You know All what right. I'm I got to cop some tickets. Guys. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's cop this rewind. <laughs> Welcome in morning drive. Good to have you here live on a Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, boys. How we doing? Day. How we doing? Day. Hump day. Day. What day? Is it? What day is it? What day is it? Huh? 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 It's hump day. It's hump day. Whoop whoop. Yeah, hump day. It's Wednesday. Y'all are annoying. The Titans are making a quarterback change. Ryan Tannehill has been informed that he will start Sunday against the Chargers. There's a very complicated, very difficult discussion that needs to be had about. What do the Titans do next year at the quarterback position where right now they don't have a single human being under contract? Like, you don't have a human being under contract to play quarterback next year for your team. Marcus Ryan or Ajar Vicks, not not ready to play quarterback. There's nobody on the roster, so they have to address that somehow. Whether that's Ryan or Marcus or a free agent or a draft pick or something, you have to address the issue. I think that's one conversation. The other conversation is, hey, you're 2-4 and four, and you're 2 or 3 wins away from being back in the playoff conversation. What do you need to do today to win games? I think 
think those are two very different conversations. This is what I'm hoping happens, and it has nothing to do with Marcus. I hope, the, you know, he comes in and this team start winning ball games. And if that does indeed happen, Marcus's his stint here in Nashville is over with. And you know, I think he needs a change of scene. I think he needs to go somewhere else. I think he he needs to experience another organization because I think he's a good quarterback, but not with the Tennessee Titans. I think they want a little bit more from their quarterback. They didn't draft him, so they're not on the hook for him. They can justify the move with the owner. Listen, he hasn't been horrible, but he hasn't been good either. He's been okay, and they want more than just okay at that position. So they go with Ryan Tannehill, and they figure to get a spark. And if he continues to play well, he's not the long-term fix either. Every team is not going to find that once-in-a-generation quarterback. But what they want to find is a good quarterback that can help them win. And that's the problem. Marcus wasn't that guy. Marcus hadn't been that guy. Why from was, this, why from was this he? standpoint, here, here, here's the thing. From this standpoint, Marcus didn't, again, Marcus didn't say, give me the ball. Everybody else get behind me. This is my team. You don't have to bring in another quarterback. You don't have to do anything else. This is my team. By his play, not by his work. This is my team. He didn't do that. We've been saying for the last five years, he needs this, he needs that, he needs this, he needs that. Well, they get him this, and then something else fails. But he hasn't, but the common denominator has been him. And he hasn't gotten the job done the way that this organization had hoped he would get the job done. Again, not a bad quarterback, but if I'm sitting there as a GM and a head coach, I don't want to have to think every night, man, is he the quarterback? Is he the quarterback? He had a good game this week, had a bad game this week, had a good series this time, bad series. I I don't want to live in that world. All we ever hear in the NFL is wins and losses, right? Uh-huh. Well, after four years and f- uh, six weeks, Marcus Mariota has a career losing record. He was the quarterback on a team that went from two wins to nine wins, the greatest improvement in a single season in the franchise's history. The third year, he then takes him to the playoffs. I sat at the bar surrounded by Titans fans who cheered their ass off for Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. And so the facts of the first three years don't change. Everyone loved him. The fans loved him. The team loved him. Everyone loved him. He was a playmaker. Led him to the playoffs. Led him to a winning record. Irrelevancy to relevancy. Now he's not. And it's different now. And we have to evaluate him differently now. We welcome in Derek Mason, head coach of Vanderbilt. Obviously, you know, man, we're still lacking in some things when it comes to, you know, man, chemistry, you know, man, being able to play consistent football and, and being able to find, you know, you mean sparks and, you know, man, big time play in critical situations. And that's where we, you know, sit today. You know, you look at that ball game and how we started, and it's been like almost every ball game offensively, been able to go down and score points. And then, you know, man, defensively, you know, it generally takes us into the second quarter. And these are the things that we're working on now. That's what we have to do as we move forward towards Missouri. And, and that's where we sit today. Our very own Jared Stillman channeled his own O.J. Simpson on Twitter last night. Let's actually go live to the video and play the tape. Jared Stillman channeling his inner O.J. Simpson. Hey, Twitter world. It's yours truly. Who can believe that the Titans bench Marcus Mariota? I'm a little surprised Vrabel and J-Rob <laughs> are making this move. Because now the pressure is going to be all on them to find a quarterback. Well, I'll see you soon. Take care. People, once again, it's me, Derek Mason, and I'm going to dissect Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans offense. I have four plays here. So is this more like an autopsy today? Yeah, that I will go over. (laughs) Channel my inner body here um, in regards to breaking Make sure your pinky's a little crooked. Yeah, I can't bend it, so it doesn't. I'm close to it. The Tennessee Titans had problems this past weekend at moving the ball. Oh, the hell you say. 
as we welcome in the Predators president, Sean Henry. New segment called Talk and Shop with the Prez. I'm tired, man. I was up all night in anticipation of this morning. Oh, oh. Sean, you're not tired, man. You're young. Come on. That is, well, I'm not that young, but after this <laughs> win, it's hard to tire. Did you, like, did, you, did you go pot of coffee late last night for the game? Were you drinking a cup of coffee at 1030? Nah, you don't need that when the Preds are coming on. Oh, emotional, baby. Every time I think of you, I get so emotional, baby. Exactly what love can do. And exactly what love can do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's love. That's love. (laughs) Above. Above. I'm actually watching Derek Mason live on Periscope while he's doing a radio show that I'm sitting next to him doing. Mind Mind blowing. Been the limousine. Hands down, my favorite Biggie song of all time. That's pretty good. Juicy. Yeah, pretty good. You nasty. I I just had an epiphany. Derek Mason's got a really different outfit on today. Uh Yeah, you're very unique. Do you guys recall the movie Four Brothers with Mark Wahlberg, Andre 3000? Tyrese. Tyrese. Uh You remember the, the fight scene at the end when Mark Wahlberg fights the gangster? How do yeah. you remember all this stuff? Yeah, I remember that. They're fighting yeah. on the ice in the snow. Uh-huh. His name is Victor Sweet, and he's played by Chiwetel Ejiofor, who was also in Inside Man. He was the cohort cop with Denzel yes, in, in Inside Man. Yeah. But not the guy on the new Old Spice commercial. No. Correct. Okay. No, that's Montez Sweat. Okay. I'll see you soon. Take care. <laughs> Hello, Twitter world. Hello, Twitter world. Yours truly, Gerald Stillman here. <laughs> yes. Jordan and the coach. Jordan and the coach. Gerald and the coach. Hot cakes and syrup. Hot cakes and syrup, whatever you want to call them. I, I got to give him credit for that uh, on the socials last night. That's a pretty genius move by him. Kind of upset that we didn't figure it out first. Sort of jealous. Yeah, pretty much. Also, reminder, young people, OJ killed people. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, you remember, just, don't think about that. I'm just reminding people. Also, don't record this, Marquise, and put it anywhere on the internet. Also, if you just kind of cut that part out, please. People, if you have not seen the Montez Sweat commercial, <laughs> Old Spice, y'all need to That's see That's not it. what we heard. <laughs> That's it, what's on Party, time. party, party. It's right. probably the best commercial out right now. The whole campaign is yes. really, really good. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's right. Montez Sweat, too sweaty for the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It's a good campaign. Oh, it's brilliant. It's a great campaign. And I don't even know. Has Montez Sweat really made an impact so far? I have no idea. I don't know. (laughs) And I don't even care. He felt, well, that's the beauty of it. Like, the dude is basically profiting off his name, image, and likeness, and he hasn't really done a whole lot. So good for him. Listen to what, listen to, listen, college football. Hey, let's listen to that one. Let's listen to Montez Sweat. And actually, speaking of college football, I think there's a game tonight. There might be, but I I don't care. I want to listen to Old Spice commercials. (laughs) Ha. I'm NFL player Montez Sweat, and it's time for me to set the record straight. Old Spice, Sweat, is just my last name. It's just a word. I don't represent Sweat and won't be a party to this at any time. That's not what we heard. I represent Sweat, and it's party time. I represent Sweat, and it's party time. Party time. Sweat. Party time. Sweat. Sweat. Party time. Sweat. 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 Brought to you by Old Spice Sweat Defense. The antiperspirant powerful powerful enough to keep sweat and just a word name out of the NFL. All right, all right. No free ads. No free ads. <laughs> that is, pro- that is sweat, the funniest commercial out right now, man. Goodness gracious. Oh, man. It's pretty good. Oh.
I love that stupid Gordon Ramsay commercial too. I can't believe I like that commercial. You texted me the other day, Nick. About oh it. yeah, with the um, <laughs> so I don't know why. Use the chopstick. Yeah, or what, so, what is the line? I just I feel like such an old goober when I watch it, and I just I laugh every time when Gordon Ramsay's at like Costco giving out samples, and like the the guy in the commercial starts grabbing the food, and he's like he's like this isn't a buffet. Use the chopsticks, and then the girl goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, use the chopsticks. <laughs> I don't know why I like it so much. Uh, quick so final stupid. thought: uh, Yankees Astros tonight, Game Four, ALCS. Hey, it's actually at 7 o'clock tonight? Uh, it, maybe. Um, all signs are that it's going to be postponed um, until tomorrow. We'll see what the weather looks like. That could oh. help. That will help the Astros because the Yankees, this is probably a bullpen game tonight. Um, if, it, if the game gets postponed until tomorrow, they'll have to play four consecutive nights, and that probably helps the Astros starting rotation because it's hard to use your bullpen four straight nights, so keep an eye on the weather in uh, New York. All those kids on the East Coast who won't get to watch the end of the Yankees game tonight because it starts at 8 o'clock. Eastern. Oh, poor Yankee fans. Don't worry. The Astros are going to end oh, this yeah, pretty soon for you. I, I hope so, too. All right. That is it for us here on a Wednesday edition of Morning Drive. Stay tuned. Darren, Donick, and Chase are coming up next. And as one man once said last night when he went on social media to imitate Arenthal James Simpson, in the words of Gerald Stillman, take care. <laughs> Bailey, DJ Nashville, I love you.